Welcome to Conversations for Life, a marriage and family podcast from Cross Life with hosts Jonathan and Kathleen. Each episode, we sit down and talk about things that matter most to those that matter most to you. We're so glad you're with us today. Please pull up a chair and join us in the conversation. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Conversations for Life. Today I am joined with Harriet Connor once again, and she's the author of Big Picture Parents, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Life. We were blessed to have her on uh, last year and talk about her book, and today we get to have her on and talk about something that I think all parents can relate to, and any adult that I know, uh, which is the feeling of feeling overwhelmed as a parent. You know, why is it that in the modern age, when we have so much technology, so many conveniences, and when things just seem so much better externally than 100 years ago, well, why is it that even today, parents just feel so overwhelmed? Uh, So, Harriet, welcome back. Thanks for having me. I, I love listening to you guys, and it's great to be joining the conversation. Yeah, well, so what do you think, uh, Harry? Why would you say um, some, some things you would highlight as to why modern parenting feels so hard? Yeah, I mean, we have to say, obviously, the essential task of raising children is still the same. But I think there have been some massive social changes uh, which have made it particularly hard to raise children in our modern world. Um, I think uh, it's been a pace of change that is unprecedented. We're Mm -hmm. raising children in a world that's different even to the world we ourselves grew up in um, or a world that's even changed between the birth of my first son and the birth of of our third son. So I think because of that pace of change, we feel like we're sort of spinning. We've uh, lost our bearings somewhat. Mm. Can you describe real quick uh, in, in a few ways, how have you seen even between your two children, some changes that have happened in just that short period of time? Well, just something simple like a smartphone. Um, Mm. I didn't have a smartphone until uh, our second son was a baby. Um, And just that instant access to the internet um, has changed the experience of parents. I think a lot of parents feel overwhelmed by information uh, because at at the touch of a button, we can find out all about everything. Uh, and that can be a case of too much information sometimes, and it's hard to discern and to process all that information. Um, I think another aspect of modern life which makes uh, raising children hard is we are a bit more disconnected from our, our families, from our neighborhoods mm. and from uh, our support networks. We're sort of connected online to lots of people, but in terms of real life relationships, we're less connected and we can feel isolated. Um, yeah, they're just sort of some common themes, I think, uh, of why raising children now does feel difficult and overwhelming. But I think there are some other things uh, that we, we could focus on in our conversation, like the sheer fact of being so busy. I think modern life oh, right. moves at a really a frantic pace often. Um, and, and that just makes raising children really difficult. Hmm. Yeah, I know that, um, you know, most of the parents, including, including us, uh, you know, from the time we get up in the, in the morning until uh, bedtime, there's really not a dull moment. Um, there's very little time. And I, I'm not just talking about, you know, the normal 
kind of responsibilities of parenting that are tiring, but but even then, it's, it's just sort of added on top of that are all the pressures that you you kind of put on yourself or you feel put on you, for example, the education, you know, how much is enough, how much school is enough, how much extracurricular activities are enough, you know, music and sports and and then play dates and activities. And, you know, I feel like there's an enormous pressure that, that we put on ourselves in a way and, and that I, I definitely feel internally about um, am I doing enough? And that drives me to really uh, be a very busy person and, and then at the same time feel very harried um, because I feel like, you know, I'm never able to kind of get a sense of, of uh, my bearings. You know, I'm just constantly flying from one thing to the next. I have no margin in my life. Yeah, I think that concept of margins is really helpful because I think often the important uh, parts of raising children happen in the margins. And when we're oh. so busy, we just we don't have time for the incidental question that our child asks us and we actually need to stop and give time to answering it well. Um, I think we can get so busy with all of those things that we um, attempted to skip over things that are actually more important, like talking to our children and listening to them or reading them stories or even reading mm. the Bible together and praying. When we're super busy, we get to the end of the day and we're just so tired. We just want everyone to go to bed and we can skip on things that even in our hearts we truly believe in. But when we're rushed and not reflecting on our priorities and our use of our time, we can end up not doing the things we really believe are important in family life. So can I, can I ask, especially, you know, you, you mentioned uh, I think the busyness coupled with, too, the, the sense of disconnection. And how has that come up for you and your husband with regard to being busy and then also wanting to be more connected to your own families of origin and your extended kin network? And then, of course, uh, your, your community. How, have you guys had those kind of discussions? And have you, have you figured it out for all the rest of us about how to balance those kinds of things? <laughs> Uh, well, we don't live particularly close to either of our extended families. Mm. Um, they're in visiting distance, but um, we don't see them each week or on a daily basis or anything like that. Um, I suppose our church communities have always been a, a great source of support for us, um, mm. a, a group of people we trust um, who have you know, when each child has been born, they've been there to support us with meals and mm. um, other kinds of things, people to offer to mind the kids if you just um, need a break. Um, I guess a church community is a wonderful source of support. I mean, we've tried to, I guess it's about um, prioritizing relationships over tasks. I think busyness mm. is we, we our day becomes just this list of tasks and our mind is full of who needs to be where, when, with what equipment. Um, and we we become very task focused, which is a particular temptation for me. And I've had to intentionally remind myself that our our purpose, our God given purpose is actually about relationship, not about our mm. tasks. And so mm. Uh, we've tried to cultivate relationships in our neighbourhood, you know, just, just making an effort to meet our neighbours and say hi and uh, connect when we can, uh, making relationships at our children's school, um, trying to reach out to other parents, spend time when we can and uh, talk to them. And, of course, as ch at church, as I mentioned. So I suppose that 
is a helpful way of slowing things down uh, and making those connections, which in the end really support and strengthen us to know that, you know, um, yeah, that we've got other people we can trust uh, to help us in this overwhelming task. So do you feel like as you've, um, you know, been a parent now for, uh, how old is your, your oldest boy now? Uh, heading for 10, yeah. Heading for 10. Do you feel like at this point you can look back and, and, and see that uh, ways where you really felt overwhelmed in the past that you've been able to, um, you know, think and, and talk with your husband and address some of those things? Like, do you feel that now there are some ways where you feel less overwhelmed or do you still feel like, no, it is, it's just always the battles and not feel overwhelmed? I think what's really helped us is to be a bit more intentional about our use of time. And for me, the whole project of writing the book um, was that it was really a personal project just to work out what is most important so that we prioritize the important things and then we can fit the not so important things, the negotiable things or the mm. extra thing into the cracks around those big non-negotiables. Um, and so we have made choices in line with that. So, I mean, it's quite common for me to talk to other families at school or wherever, and they just talk about how busy they are. The kids have got something on every afternoon after school. Mm. And on the weekend, they have to get up early to go to this sport and then that sport, and they're racing around. Whereas we have just deliberately chosen not to enroll our kids in all of that stuff. Uh, obviously, we think we think general exercise and movement is important, and we do encourage that in our kids, but not in this sort of structured, scheduled way. Uh, because when we did have our kids enrolled, in, it was just swimming lessons, for example. We we had them enrolled, and that just became so stressful. It was uh, it stretched our budget. It stre I just felt like I was snapping at everyone all day because we had to get to swimming on time, and just thought right. that's not the kind of parent I want to be. And um, so we worked out a different way. Now we do swimming lessons when we can in the school holidays uh, rather than trying to fit it on top of everything else in a busy week. So I think um, I'm often talking to, talking to parents and I want to say to them, you know, you don't have to do all these things. You know, mm. if your child wants to do five different dance classes in the week, you don't have to say yes. If you think mm. on balance that it's not good for you as a family, then it's okay just to say, well, let's pick one thing to do. So I suppose it's about um, stopping because otherwise we're like a hamster on a wheel, aren't we? You described that. You're sort of running and running and running. You just don't really know what you're running for. <laughs> you don't have time yeah. when you're busy. You don't have those quiet moments or any space in your mind to reflect and to think, why are we doing this? Do we really want to do this? Is this the kind of life we really want to live? So I suppose it's about taking the time to be intentional about your time. And you may come back and decide, yes, actually, it's really important for us to do swimming and soccer and dancing or whatever. That That's really important to us. And so go ahead and do those things, but do them because you, uh, you, are, you feel really convicted to do them don't just do them because everyone else is doing them you know it, it's fascinating to me because i know that you live in australia but what's amazing is just i mean everything you described is very similar to what we see here in in the u.s and so i guess there shouldn't be that surprised but you know it is interesting to me that the similarities that as you describe it because i know here where we live um 
I think, you know, we have a phrase, I don't know if you guys say this phrase in Australia, but there's this idea of keeping up with the Joneses. And, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, people tend to use that in, in reference to materialism. You know, they have a bigger house, you have to have a bigger house. They have a, they have a new car, you have to have a new car. They have a new TV, you have to have a new TV. Uh, uh, a new TV. But I think also when it comes to to busyness, that, I, I mean, I do, I, I do think um, there's, I, I feel like for me, there's a temptation to, to very much tie achievement um, with my sense of identity and with, um, you know, my sense of I'm, I'm a good parent. If I can, if I can check off the box that we've achieved that, you know, we finished that swim season or we finished the, that, that concert season. And, and those things, of course, are perfectly fine. As you said, you know, there's nothing wrong inherently with those things. But I know for me, part of what drives my business is this, is this need for achievement. And then that, of course, correlates with feeling like, well, gosh, you know, my neighbor is doing all these things and her kids enrolled in this, these activities and, and so on and so forth. And so then I begin to feel like, wow, I guess I'm failing as a parent. And um, so I think it's, it's really been, you know, from a wife and I, at least here in the, in the U.S., I think we feel like we live in a very achievement-oriented culture. And that, that you know, I mean, I'm going to have time to get into all of that, but I do think that contributes to the sense of feeling overwhelmed because we're, we're driven by the sense, well, if, we don't, if we're not achieving all these things for ourselves and for our kids and as parents, then we're failing. And then that drives a sense of being overwhelmed because it's like we have all these things that we got to do to be successful. And if we step yeah. back and we go, well, wait a minute, how much of this really matters? You know, it's why your book, you know, Big Picture Parenting is so important because if you have that big picture, then it helps you get a compass and say, okay, well, what, what does really matter? In the end, you know, what really matters? And then you can begin to think through, okay, why am I doing these things? And are they ultimately a part of what God wants for me and for my family? And so, I just I, I'm fascinated by the similarities and and do you see that kind of uh, tie with achievement and and feeling overwhelmed and being busy? I, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, kids can be enrolled in tutoring from primary school, for example. Right. I think there is an element of uh, sort of wanting to prepare them for every possible eventuality in their future, um, and so yeah, we just overload them with trying to get them yeah to achieve in all these different areas it's true and I think behind it all also um, is is the, a philosophy of what life is all about and I think our modern world keeps telling us that life is about discovering your true self fulfilling your potential um, by looking mm. within and so if and you yeah you find fulfillment by by pursuing the things that make you happy. And so I think that's probably why a lot of the time parents think I have to say yes because I'm. this is what life's about. It's about my child achieving their personal potential by chasing the things that make them feel good. Um, but actually, as Christians, we can see it from a different perspective. We know that life is not about finding yourself by looking inside. Actually, life mm. is about losing yourself in in the bigger picture losing yourself in God's world where he mm. he has created you for a purpose beyond yourself um, and ironically actually that's what fulfills us is being knowing our place in the bigger picture and living according to that and yeah and so Amen. I think that's what we have tried to 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 encourage in our family a real sense of 
purpose, that we're here to glorify God and honour him. We're here to work his creation. So obviously there is a huge part of parenting that is teaching kids skills and equipping them for life. That is Mm. a big part of raising children. I'm not saying it's unimportant, um, but we're also trying to... um, help them fulfill their God-given purpose to love others. So we try to prioritize avenues where they can do those things. Um, And you don't need to pay someone else to teach them to do those things. You don't need to schedule that. A lot of that happens in in the unhurried time. I think, yeah, you've got to slow down the pace so you can actually pass those things on. I like to see childhood, I guess, as an apprenticeship. Um, Mm. it's an apprenticeship in your parents' way of life and their values and their beliefs. And that's, you think of a a master and apprentice relationship, they're side by side and it takes a lot of time. The learning is a process. You can't just go for half an hour and, and download the information and then go home again. It's actually a personal relationship. Um, and the child is watching and learning and listening and then slowly, slowly taking on the skills that they're taught and then then they slowly become a master in their own right by practising, practising, practising. And I think that's what, that's what we lose when we get too busy as well, that, that time for our kids to practise things. We, get, we mm. get in a rush and instead of teaching them to tie their shoes, we just buy them Velcro shoes <laughs> because we don't have time for that. You know, We don't have time to, for the slow and repetitive work of teaching mm. and training them. So I think it's easier in a sense just to pay someone else some money. We go, we learn Spanish or whatever for half an hour. And then we come home and you know I can relax because all the teaching's been done by someone else. But I think we need to flip that around and see ourselves as our children's primary teachers in the things that really matter, and we're going to need time for that. One area that you you bring up in your book, and, and that I know I've seen, um, we we've talked and and, and uh, interacted about with regard to feeling overwhelmed is is the way too that we as adults, you know, parenting is hard. It's really hard, and um, you know, I know that me as a parent. Part of why I feel so overwhelmed just relates to my own areas of, of weakness, of immaturity, of insecurity. And then as I'm parenting, you know, that pressure gets applied in those ways that kind of make me, and especially when I'm, um, you know, not in my best moment, so to say, acting on a ways that are very um, unhelpful and, and can further kind of the sense of, uh, feeling overwhelmed and anxiety. So I'd love to hear you just share a little bit about that, even in your own journey or just uh, just from, from your, your research and writing your book, just how how is parenting and, and that sense of feeling overwhelmed, uh, how, how does that put pressure on us in our own areas where we're seeking to grow? Yeah, I think when you bring home your first baby, it definitely feels like you've finally stepped over the threshold from youth into adulthood. Hmm. you you're responsible for this human being for the first time, someone who's completely dependent on you. So it does really push you to grow up all of a sudden and to take responsibility. Um, Yeah, I guess the way I see it is parenthood really forces you, really confronts you with your human limitations. Mm -hmm. Uh, You just realise you just can't get it right all the time because raising kids is so relentless it's 24 7 so you can't possibly get it right 
all the time of it's going to push your buttons you're going to lose patience you know it pushes you uh, in patience and in perseverance um, and also I mean we've talked about it pushes you to think and to be reflective and intentional and to have that kind of long-term develop that long-term thinking but certainly it's a pressure point I mean I think yeah I think marriage I think it's gradual I think marriage is a very uh, it you know it rubs all the, the hard edges off us when we have to right. live with someone who's who's different to us and who's not perfect and we're not perfect so I think marriage is a good preparation we start learning right. um, how to serve and how to be selfless and how to be humble and how to say sorry um, and then the next level I think is then when the kids arrive you sort of that journey absolutely continues so I think but I think knowing God as our father really is, mm. I don't know how you could be a parent without having a parent, a perfect heavenly mm. parent, a perfect heavenly father. I just, I think it, for me, that's really important because I have somewhere to go with my limitations. I know that there's someone bigger and stronger and wiser and more perfect than me mm. who is is in control and who loves me and who loves my kids even more than I do. Um, and yeah, I guess that for me is sort of, yeah, takes the pressure off a little bit. Yeah, I well, guess. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I'll, well, I'll I, say, you know, with, with, oh, go ahead. <laughs> you go ahead. That's okay. <laughs> I was just going to say that, um, it's been encouraging to me to read the Bible and to read about all the, uh, sort of imperfect families we read about in the Bible, um, to see how, you know, the parents in the Bible certainly aren't perfect and often very sinful, making really poor choices, and yet God perseveres with them, and yet God continues to pass his covenant and his promises down from generation to generation, and God seems to be able to use even the most dysfunctional families, even the most sinful parents in his eternal plan, um, yeah. and that's been a great encouragement to me. So unfortunately, we are we're we're uh, ending up our time here too too quickly. But I do want to talk to you a little bit about um, just as parents how we wrestle with you know in terms of being overwhelmed just with the idea of perfectionism and and how that leads to I, I think can correlate with anxiety. And I know I see this in my I mean this is me, right? I mean this is I I, I could point the other, the finger at other people and say oh well you know other people deal with this, but I deal with this being a perfectionist and how that relates to then you know brings anxiety into my own life and into the family just. You know, that ideal is a good ideal. We absolutely need to have that. But then for me, the, the sinful tendency is to then, you know, seek to control everything out, out of a need for perfection. So I'd be curious if you, in your own uh, reflection and research of how that's come up to you as a, as a topic, just that idea of perfectionism. Mm, I certainly struggle with perfectionism myself. Um, yeah, it does make us controlling. Um, yeah, well, I think raising children just really knocks that out of you to some extent when you see things or when you you know those things you <laughs> you say to them that you just think I can't believe these words are leaving my mouth like people have great lists of them online like you know please don't use that sausage as an eye patch or stop hitting <laughs> people with your taco I mean just yes. things you just never thought you would ever have to say to another human being it just it shocks you into mm -hmm. realizing, well, hang on a minute, this is not yeah. quite going to plan. 
But, Saying things um, like, I know for us, we've had to, to shout, um, not angrily, but, you know, across the, the, the house, um, you know, companies literally at the front door and one of us is shouting, you know, does that baby have a diaper on? You know, like, <laughs> you, you have a baby walking around with a diaper on, you guess at the front door. I mean, that's reality, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think social media really doesn't help with this because we think that all these other, our friends' families are all out there having this lovely, you know, perfect time being the perfect family and doing all the right things. I think honest conversations with other parents probably really helps in this regard because we can actually realize behind behind the scenes all of us are just kind of managing and all of us have moments that we're not proud of and all of us have moments that are very chaotic and noisy in our home and we just kind of hope the neighbors can't hear. Um, <laughs> so I right. think we do need a bit more honesty. Um, between parents so that we're not measuring ourselves up against this this ideal that nobody's living up to in fact mm. um yeah i think just um just taking heart that god has given your children into your care knowing that you are human <laughs> knowing that you are a human parent um with all your human limitations and yet that is the way god has chosen to ideally to raise children in this world is by putting them in families and by by giving them in to the care of human flawed parents and we just mm. need to realize that we um we are the parents god has picked for our kids and so we um just do our best with the time and the energy we have on any given day and i think we just need to know how to say sorry <laughs> to our children, to our, our spouse, um, and and how to teach our kids to do that too. Because you think if if your kids see someone who never makes a mistake, well, they're not learning either how to be, they will right. grow up to be an imperfect person in an imperfect world and they need training in that. They need mm. to learn how to navigate that. So we need to see our imperfections as a, as a powerful parenting tool, really. Um, how can we use our imperfections rather than expecting perfection, expecting to fail, expecting to get it wrong, and then work out, well, how can we redeem that? How can we use this moment uh, in a positive way when we have fallen short of our ideals? Well said. Harriet has a wonderful website. It's www.harrietconner.com, and that's H-A-R-R-I-E-T-C-O-N-N-O-R.com. And you can find more of her articles there as well as access to her book. Harriet, thank you so much for being on today. It's been great to chat. Thanks for having me. And uh, for everyone out there, you guys take care and have a blessed day. for Life is a listener-supported ministry of CrossLife. CrossLife exists to equip and empower married couples and parents to cultivate life in the home. For more information and additional resources mentioned in today's episode, please visit our website, crosslifetoday.org. You can also find us on Facebook at CrossLife Resources. 
Instagram and Twitter. Until next time, take care and God bless.